Hello, and thank you for being here. Welcome to Balanced Black Girl. I'm your host, Les, and I'm really excited to be sharing space with you today. I started this podcast almost four years ago to connect with other Black women in wellness and to create a safe space for curiosity about all things well-being. And when I think about the mission of this show and my intention when I first started it, it was to have space to ask questions and to dig into topics that I didn't often hear people who I could relate to talk about, but that I was curious about and that I wanted to learn from. And today's episode really embodies that initial mission that I had when I first started. Our guest today is Britt Starr. Britt is the creator of The Inner Well, a wellness community rooted in liberation that offers guidance, tools, and resources to help us all cultivate our inner knowing. She's a writer, professional software developer, wellness practitioner who offers Akashic channeling, tarot, and oracle card divination. And today we discuss the importance of letting wellness get a little bit messy and a little imperfect, and we dive into an introduction of the Akashic Records. And if you're not familiar with the term, you may be thinking, Les, what are the Akashic Records? And to that I say, friend, keep on listening and you will find out. Britt walks us through a supportive, easy to understand explanation of what the Akasha is and how we can all use it to uncover information about what is, what has been, and what will be. It's a topic that I'm approaching with curiosity and openness. And Britt has the most grounding energy. I could have recorded several episodes continuing to ask her questions, but today provides a really solid introduction. So let's get into the discussion. Britt, thank you so much for joining me. Welcome to Balanced Black Girl. I'm excited to have you here. Yes, I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So right now we're in our magic and manifestation series here on the pod, and I'm really excited to talk to you about inner knowing and ways that we can tap into the magic that each of us has within ourselves. Uh, But before we do that, I would love for my community to get to know you a little bit better. So can you tell us a little bit more just about your wellness journey and what brought you to the point you're at today? Oh yeah. Um, Hi, I'm Britt. Um, I have been kind of on my own journey without realizing it, like a lot of people for so long. Um, I had, I've always had like a lot of anxiety. I've always been looking for ways to manage that. Um, But at the same time, I've also always been aware that I had this sort of sixth sense, right? That I was tapped into something. Um, And I never really knew what to do with it because people didn't talk about it. Like when I talked about it with people like around me or my family, they get kind of like creeped out. Um, So it never really went anywhere. But, you know, through the magic of the internet, I found, you know, one person who led me to another person. Um, And I got really, really curious about what other people were doing and then started experimenting. I started, uh, you know, I've done yoga on and off for years. And then that would lead me into people talking about, you know, Kundalini, uh, talking about manifestation, you know, talking about uh, even from there, like uh, ancestral work. Um, So I just sort of kept meeting people who were doing their own work and experimenting with my own practices through that. Beautiful. I love how that journey really started with curiosity. Oh yeah. Always, always lead with curiosity. Yeah. Asking questions. And usually I've found asking questions leads to more questions. (laughs) Also always. Yeah. (laughs) That's part of the process. Yeah. (laughs) So 
I read on your blog, you had this really beautiful, like introductory post introducing you to people who, who came to your work and I'll make sure I link it in the show notes. Um, but in that post, you mentioned wanting a messy wellness space. And when I read Mm -hmm. that, I loved it. Mm -hmm. Can we talk about that? Um, how does a messy, imperfect wellness space feel to you? And why is it important that we also create space for mess and wellness? Oh yeah. Um, I, well feel, first of all, it feels easeful, which is sort of weird because like the messy parts are the most difficult parts, but in the wellness space and specifically the online wellness space, which I'm sure really you're familiar with a version of this too, being in LA. Um, there's a lot of focus on the way things look, the way things appear, uh, the way things sound. Oh, I don't want to sound angry. So I'm not going to talk about this particular topic or, you know, people bring things up and that have happened in their life and you'll get shut down. Right. Be like, Oh, well, you don't want to be negative. You don't want to call in more negative energy by talking about things that have happened to you. Um, and that makes me feel like constricted. Like I feel it like in my heart center, like I get sweaty and like, it just uncomfortable because if we're in a space that's saying both, let's focus on our whole being, our well being, And also let's not talk about things that are uncomfortable. Well, that's not a real space. Like what can you talk about there? Because most of life, everything beautiful corresponds with something that's uncomfortable. That's difficult to navigate. Um, and so it's just really inauthentic when we only try to have one kind of space. Right. Um, and for me, I really, when I wrote that, that's like all I was seeing around me, I was seeing people like making the, the good morning, it's a great day, blah, blah, blah. And then like motivational quotes. And that was it. You know, there was no, like today was really hard. There was no, uh, I didn't want to meditate today. I didn't work out today. I did, you know, there was no talking about the life that happens. Um, and I felt, um, I, I'm always really motivated, motivated by the feeling of like outsiderness and that gave me that feeling. And so I was like, okay, so I need to create this space for myself. Yeah. Yeah. That feeling of outsider being an outsider, I think is something that a lot of us can relate to, especially as black women, because in a lot of that world, and yes, living in LA, I I see it. I like go to the grocery store and I'm like, oh, I feel like I opened the door and walked into Instagram. Okay. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And so we can almost feel like outsiders just, just by being ourselves and existing as we are. And so being able to kind of create those spaces for ourselves and and one another where we don't feel that way, I agree is so important. Yeah. I mean, and that's sort of like, that's really where I even started the idea of like having a spiritual wellness space was as a black woman, I was like, where are the people that I can relate to? Like when people, mostly white people, often white people who are taking from Asian cultures are talking about these things. They're like, oh, well, we, our, and I'm like, yeah, but like, who's we? Because I have a different ancestral story. My black ancestors had completely different ways of navigating these topics than people from other parts of the world did. And that just wasn't represented for me. And so I, I really just started trying to discover that for myself and actually through the records um, and then trying to, to find a space that felt like it grounded that, that energy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love that you mentioned the records just now, because I definitely want to talk about that. So for people who may not be familiar, um, I believe you're a recurring 
or you were referring to the Akashic records just yes. now, um, which I'm really excited to dive into because it's something that I've recently started learning about over the past few years. Um, but I'm definitely not an expert in. So I would love to talk a little bit more about what the Akashic records are. What, what are they? How can we access them? Um, is it available for anyone to access? Like what, what yeah. does that, what is that world? <laughs> cool. Okay. So um, you can think of the Akashic records. Um, essentially, I like to just down to bare bones say that they are an energetic record of everything that has ever been or that could ever be. Um, and that's because when we take actions, uh, when we you know connect with certain energies, we are imprinting on the world that we live in. Um, and you can think of this in pretty practical ways. I think anybody has the feeling, uh, who's ever had the feeling of walking into like a room after people have been arguing, right? You know that energy sort of lingers, it hangs, it doesn't disappear. Um, and the records are sort of proof of that. Um, and that's sort of an entry point where a lot of people can come to understand them. And you can access the records by connecting with the Akasha. You can think of the Akasha as a higher dimension of I, I always say pure loving energy, uh, which I feel like doesn't clarify things for people because you're like, well, what does that mean? Um, but you can think of it in the same way that we think of uh, densities in the atmosphere, right? Um, that the Akasha is sort of a higher density from which all else flows. Mm, that was such a beautiful explanation. I feel like that made it a lot easier to understand than some of the explanations I previously heard. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad to hear it. Yeah. I've, uh, it's, you know, everything is in flux. And as I've done this work, it, the Akasha, it reveals itself to me more, right. It helps me to refine my understanding as I go. Um, and I really like to say with really all things spiritual, uh, it's like, you know, even if you are meditating or if you're using tarot cards or whatever, if you ask the same question every single day with the same tools, you would get a different answer every day, not because the circumstances have changed necessarily, but because your perception expands just a little bit more every single time. Um, and this is sort of the way that I now understand the Akasha. Yeah. Yeah. I love what you just said about, uh, the answers changing because our perceptions change mm -hmm. for a lot of us, myself included. I know I spent a lot of time looking for the right answer to things like the yeah. right solution to a problem that I was experiencing. And the more I learned, the more I realized that there is no right solution. Yeah. <laughs> that whether a solution is good, bad, right, wrong, it's none of those things. It's just, it just is depending on my perception, the information that I have, the perspective I'm coming from that day. Um, and this sounds very much in line with that. Completely. Yeah. And I just, it's, as you were talking, I was thinking, I keep hearing people saying this, it's like, we're all sort of coming to this realization over and over again, um, partly because of just where the world is, right? I think that we realize that uh, multiple things can be true at the same time. And then we have to make the intentional choice to decide where our visions overlap and where they align. Um, it was really funny as you were talking, I was thinking of uh, the past season of Insecure because that's like what it was about. The entire season was about the fact that there is no one right choice, that it's what you want. And it's your commitment to that thing that makes it right. Exactly.
love an insecure reference. Anytime <laughs> we can, we can bring those into the fold. <laughs> I would also just love to hear what, what brought you to the Akasha? Was there a specific, you know, event or time in your life where you just started learning about it? Like what, what brought you to it? Yeah. I like to tell the story about like the steps that got me to the Akasha because it's really funny. It starts with me like in high school, having a crush on somebody and finding them again later on Instagram, uh, as, uh, you know, you're wont to do, uh, and then finding out that his partner was doing a tarot, uh, a tarot workshop, uh, for, uh, holisticism and, I went there and then went into Michelle, who's the founder of Holisticism. Uh, I really connected with her and she happened to be having another offering. And through her, I found the Akashic Records. Um, so it's just one of those weird little journeys that, that uh, take us to where we need to be. And at that time in my life, I was really, I was really struggling with uh, the idea of purpose. Like I've always felt um, it's really kind of silly to say, but like, uh, in the MCU in the Marvel universe, there's a character Loki and he's, uh, has this very dramatic boisterous, uh, slogan, which is the, I, I'm Loki of Asgard and I'm burdened with glorious purpose, which he sounds like a tool because it's ridiculous, <laughs> but, uh, like, but I understood that sort of knowing that I had a greater purpose and never understanding what it was because I was looking for other people to tell me what it was. Um, and so when I found the Akasha and I found that there was like an infinite universal library where I could just go in and it was just for me to ask questions and to get clarity. Uh, it really changed everything for me. Absolutely. When you were initially having that experience of being able to go into the Akasha and, and get that clarity, was it like a mind blowing experience at first? What did that feel like? Yeah. I mean, the first time that I went in, it was, it was, it's so hard to explain because it was a, it was just an energy thing. It was, I felt it in my body. I felt peace. Uh, I felt clarity and it was just like, sort of like, um, it's windy outside and you open the door and there's this gust, gust of wind that comes into the house. It was like that. It was this just change. It's like, there's my life before I open that door and there's my life after I open that door. Um, and when I first went in, it was like, like that, that physical, those physical sensations just helped to ground me. Like I said, I've always dealt with anxiety and, uh, this practice has helped me to, to manage it better. And one of the ways was through very clear signals. Um, and so I, I, I having those clear signals, uh, was really, really helpful for me. And then I was able to ask, ask the questions and, uh, over time, learn to trust the answers that were coming through. Mm, yes. That, that last part about learning to trust the answers. That's mm -hmm. the hard part, isn't it? <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's really funny when I do, when I do sessions for other people, um, I'm a lot of people who have, who have a, so everyone can access the Akasha. Um, but a lot of people who are drawn to me for sessions have a very, uh, sort of refined portal that they just haven't connected with, uh, or that they're just not, uh, used to connecting with. And so I answer the question every time I have a session, which is how do I get comfortable with the messages that I receive? And the answer, like 
so many things is time. You have to keep practicing at it. Um, it's sort of like, I guess you can think about it like working out, right? If you, uh, like I would always look at people doing like back when CrossFit was like first popping off. I would see people doing those like box jumps. And I was like, how do you do that? Like, how do you just trust your body to get up there and not blow something out? And I was like, well, because they've done a lot of other work to get to that point. Uh, and it's the same thing with our spiritual practices and with our intuition and learning to trust it and hone it and honor it uh, is showing up for it and being curious, always leading with curiosity. Uh, if we go in with expectations we're and we go in with the doubt at the front of our mind, it's really hard to ever make any progress. That's so true. And I think that's something that we can experience at all different stages of our lives. Maybe when we're in a certain phase or in a certain moment or setting that feels comfortable to us, it's a lot easier to trust it or to trust ourselves. Mm -hmm. And then we get into a new environment or we're in a new role or a new yeah. space and we have to kind of learn how to trust ourselves all over again. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, I felt that with my spiritual journey. I mean, like I mentioned, when I first connected with the Akasha, clear as day, like big signals, like, you know, the universe waving, you're in the right place. Uh, and then it got more subtle over time and I got more used to it and I had to work, well, not work harder. I, well, I had to work on my perception of what the experience of being in the Akasha felt like. Um, and as I, as I did that, it it's, it's always changed. It's, you know, the past couple of years have been a lot and it's a lot for people everywhere. And it's especially a lot if part of your work is uh, piercing the veil, you know, uh, is connecting with uh, the otherworldly and holding space for other people. Um, and so it's changed tremendously. And if I hadn't had the sort of initial uh, clarity and then had it sort of go off of a cliff, I don't know if I would have learned to build that trust in the way that I have. Uh, although obviously it's, it, it is in flux. <laughs> I do have moments like every, like everybody else, like, you know, never trust anyone who says they don't have moments of doubt about anything really. Oh yeah, for <laughs> sure. For sure. I would love to talk maybe a little bit about some ways, like if our listeners are interested in being able to either um, connect with the Akasha or just start trusting themselves a little bit more. Um, maybe some of those, those exercises that can help them get to the box jump, like some of those things that they can kind of start doing in their daily lives to start working up to that. Is there anything that you would recommend? Ooh, yeah. So many things. Okay. Um, so tarot has been a really big part of my spiritual practice and I've never really gone the traditional route. Like I've, I know the traditional meanings of the cards. I understand the archetypes. I understand the journey, but I don't get hung up on it. I use the tarot as a tool for my intuition, my guides, and my ancestors to communicate with me. That's the intention that I set. And really that's all you need to do is to out loud. If you're comfortable, speak the intention that uh, your good guardians, protective spirits, benevolent ancestors will be able to use the cards to communicate with you. Um, and that I think really is like the foundation of my building my intuition practice. Um, because I literally will have conversations with the cards, you know, as I'm, I'll have an issue that I was having, which is like many people where I started with my spiritual journey, it was things were bad. It was a problem. And so I would have this conversation like out loud and be like, Oh, okay. Got it. So that means this and just sort of continue out. Um, and that was 
the game changer for me. Um, I always recommend people connecting with the tarot because it uh, blurs that link between the conscious mind and the subconscious. It lets us uh, be more comfortable accepting uh, accepting our messages. Um, and then specific to the Akasha, I have a couple of meditations available for people who are interested in what I recommend, which is connecting first with the energy of the Akasha. I don't recommend just immediate, I mean, you certainly can, right? Because people have different needs. Uh, but for most people, I don't recommend immediately going into reading the records and asking questions, et cetera. Um, I have a couple of meditations um, that I offer. One is, that are free. Um, one is a higher self Akashic meditation, which is my favorite. It was originally channeled for students that I had in an Akashic course, um, but it is connecting with your higher self in the Akasha. And people do it over and over again. And like we were talking about, you get to sort of reveal more and more and more of the, the heart of who you are, your higher self as you go. Um, and through that, get comfortable with the energy of your Akashic portal. Um, and I also have a free Akashic Records ebook called Getting Into the Akashic Records, uh, which is my whole process that I use to get comfortable with the records. It's from ritual, the perspective of, of building ritual, which I think for me and for a lot of people is really important. I have to get all the senses involved. Uh, I have to feel grounded in a space. I have to feel united with the space that I'm in. Um, and we talk about all that in the ebook. Um, and it's a really interesting moment because I'm seeing a lot of the resources that I used when I was first learning about the Akasha, um, I see the holes in them now, you know, uh, there's been a lot of perspective shifts, a lot of expansion for all of us over the past couple of years. Um, and so mostly what I'm recommending are, you know, things like meditation and then doing exercises, uh, to connect with your intuition, like through the tarot, uh, meditation, just some people uh, get messages as they're just silently meditating. Um, I would say whatever practices that you already feel comfortable with are a good place to start. Um, you can speak your intentions out loud and you can uh, let your, let your, uh, your subtle, subtle bodies do, do the leading. That is so helpful. I will make sure that we link the meditation and yes. the ebook in the show notes so that people can find those resources. Thank you for creating them and for making them so accessible. I'm sure that that is um, incredibly, incredibly appreciated by those who've, <laughs> who've gotten to enjoy them. So thank you. Yes, of course. Definitely. Um, and I know I have tried to just jump in and open the records and was not successful mm -hmm. <laughs> at that initial uh, attempt, but I recognize that that was more so just user error and me not kind of, as we talked about, kind of getting into that headspace yeah. yet um, and just kind of reaching that that level where I'm, I'm ready to receive those messages, right? And yes. so um, I do think that there is a little bit of a potential pre-work before we can truly hear things come through. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I think when we talk about really any spiritual system, any spiritual tool, um, everyone on earth has access to it. Every person has access to it and has a right to access it. Um, that's never what's in question. What's in question is, is now the time and are you approaching it from the right way? Uh, I like to talk about appropriate reverence when it comes to the Akasha and really all my spiritual practices. I try to let not make it a thing. You know, I try to not, um, elevate practices to the point that I feel small, which I think that a lot of us who grew up with, you know, 
family in the church um, have had experience with, right? Like you feel like you have to go through this specific, you know, being or, you know, person uh, or figure uh, before you can access things. And that's not necessarily true. What's true is that you have to be in the right state for it and you have to be open to it. Yeah. And I think that is a game-changing realization. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I really, I wish that like more of us would have that perspective when we're starting, which is like, of course you can access this. That's never in doubt. What's uh, a question and an opportunity is uh, you. Um, Because when we, when we talk about like connecting with the Akasha, we're simply shifting our awareness, right? We're opening up to a different vibration than where we currently exist. There's a very dense vibe, right? This is why things are, are physical. You can touch things. Uh, there's a dense vibration for us here and we can access the Akasha, but we have to be quiet in the mind. We have to be safe in the body and in the space. And particularly for people who might be coming to something like the records in a time of trauma or in a time of strife, um, they might need to just do a little bit of extra work, you know, to make sure that they're even comfortable opening up to those messages and then feeling comfortable receiving them. Absolutely. Also, as you were describing that, I was thinking a lot about just safety. I mean, if you're Mm -hmm. in a place where maybe your fight or flight is activated, or um, I know I've even had times where I didn't feel safe kind of within myself and I needed to do work to just like create safety for my own inner being, that that could also probably impact your ability to um, receive receive messages as well. Completely. Yeah. It's, uh, it's really like we're talking about it. It's a subtle shift. It's an energetic shift. It's a shift in, in the mind and the energetic body. And when you're in fight or flight mode, it's really hard to do that. It's, um, I, you know, because I had sort of what you were talking about. I had that same experience and I had to learn because I was connecting with the Akasha professionally friends. And I was like, Oh, this doesn't like feel right. Like it doesn't feel good. Like, I don't feel like I can do this. And I had to learn in that moment. Uh, well, that moment was many months, uh, but I had to learn how to support myself. I had to learn what energetic cleansing was like for me. I had to learn about what grounding was for me and I had to be comfortable sort of understanding the basics of those things to understand that my needs might change over time. Um, so there's a lot of building your spiritual practice, building your spiritual toolkit that goes into, uh, not just connecting with the Akasha, but getting comfortable with the messages and doing it in a safe way. Um, when we talk about the Akasha, people are like, oh, I just read a prayer. And then I ask questions and it's like, totally. But also you're opening yourself up to the universe. You need to have boundaries. You need to understand, uh, how to cleanse your space, how to cleanse yourself, how to connect with your guides, your guardians, ancestors, whatever, uh, team, spiritual team you identify with that you connect with, um, and feel like you can call on them and feel like you can rely on yourself for support so that you can feel clear and calm and, um, grounded. Yeah. Yeah. I I would imagine that rest would be a big part of that as well. If you are taking in so many, uh, different messages. If you're channeling different energies, being able to pour back into yourself and rest and recharge from that is probably really important. It's crucial. I had to, you know, I had to learn that early on. I like, uh, when I, 
I use the records for so many practical things like creating my schedule when I was starting uh, the inner well. And it was like, okay, you can only do it for this number of hours per day because you're, you're not gonna, you're not gonna feel good. If you go past that, uh, you need to eat foods with a lot of iron. You need to eat a lot of leafy greens. You need to eat a lot of nuts. Uh, I had a little tea that, uh, they told me to make in the records, uh, to help with, uh, my vocal cords as I was recording sometimes for hours a day. Um, and learning how to recognize what like no in my body felt like. I think that we talk a lot about like, you know, it's, oh, you can say no as a complete sentence, but like, we don't often honor that when like our body, our spirit is telling us no. Um, and I had to learn how to do that. And I've, I've gotten pretty good at it, uh, because trial by fire, um, but, uh, it's, it's really vital for, for doing this work, not even just for other people, but for myself. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think when you're someone who not only is a spiritual practitioner, but then you also have your own spiritual practices and finding a way to stay whole and balanced within that is crucial. Yes. So one of the other things that I was reading uh, on your blog, you actually had a line in that same welcome uh, post that really took my breath away. You said the utter inhumanity of our world has made it so that I can only go inward to be free. Um, And it took my breath away because of how heartbreaking and true that that is. I know I could relate to it so much, and I'm sure a lot of people in our community could relate to that as well. Um, What does going inward to be free look like for you? And has that evolved over time as well? Oh God. Yeah. Uh, my vision lives inside of me, you know, and we all have a vision within us for ourselves and for the world around us. And we can't, we have to go within to anchor that. Um, I've always been a really internal person. I'm just that way naturally. Uh, like I mentioned, like I've, I've always been, I was an anxious baby. I was anxious from the time that I got here. Um, and, uh, because I was really sensitive and I didn't know how to deal with that. And the people around me didn't know how to deal with that. And for black descendants of enslaved people, a lot of times there's a lot of like hardness in the, the, the relationships, right? Like that you have to uh, sort of power through things. And so that sensitivity wasn't honored, you know, uh, in the way that it probably uh, would have been like helpful for me to, to have had. And so I had to learn to like create fun in my mind. You know, I had to learn, uh, to have fun with myself. I'm an only child too, uh, which, you know, um, and so I, I, I spent a lot of time in, in my mind, uh, as it was, I'm a writer, I'm generally a creative person. Um, and so a lot, there's a, there's a whole universe in here. <laughs> and, um, so I learned to do that early on and, it helped me like when I was, you know, I was depressed in, you know, as like a teenager and I didn't know it um, because like, we're just sort of told that like, you know, teenagers, teenagers are moody. It's just sort of how it is. And I didn't, I didn't know that it was an abnormal thing until, you know, years later I was uh, a medium was like, oh yeah. Like this whole thing when you were in high school, I was like, you know, that you were depressed. And I was like, oh, right. Yeah, I was. And, but I, I spent a lot of time, um, with those internal worlds then, and as I've gotten older and as I've had a vision for the world that I don't see reflected in anyone or anything else, I've had to go within to sort of live in that, to feel good in it, um, so that I can do intentional things to help to do my part, to bring it forth, um, I think like in, like in, um, hypnosis, right. Like some, sometimes they'll say just to smile at the end after you've, uh, sort of 
uh, said your, your line to sort of reprogram your thoughts to smile because the smiling activates the whatever chemicals in the brain that help us to make that change. Um, and I think that visioning and seeing things better inside of you is where a lot of us start. Mm, thank you so much for, for sharing that and for just your vulnerability and sharing your experiences. I really appreciate yeah. that. Um, and that also that, that last part is just so powerful. I think that that's a, a, another kind of powerful tool that we all have is the ability to see within ourselves, um, who we are, what we want, who we want to be, um, so I just appreciate that reminder. Yes. Yeah. It's, you know, it's been, it's been a, it's been a common theme. Um, even with my work with the Akasha, I had to learn that I was um, asking questions to be told what to do instead of asking questions to understand my present. Uh, I started referring to it as present future because the choices that we make now are, are making our future perception. Um, and I, I had to learn how to, be empowered to say, okay, this is what is available to me. And this is what I'll do with it. Mm, mm, that part about our choices now creating our future perception just gave yeah. me the biggest aha moment <laughs> <laughs> because I've never thought of it that way, but it's so true. Yeah. It yeah. So it's where we're always creating the future and we're always creating it. Yeah. And when we think of it that way, that, that makes me feel really empowered um, good. Because I think that there are absolutely a lot of things outside of our control. Mm -hmm. Um, there are also just a lot of things we all have pasts and we all have probably parts of our past that, um, were not the best or that were unpleasant. I've actually had a lot of experiences lately where a lot of things that I had pushed out of my memory for, very various reasons have recently just started coming back. I've just had yeah. a lot of memories uncover from when I was younger, entire kind of chunks of my life that I had just completely forgotten about coming back. And I'm learning how to sit in the discomfort of that, mm. um, but also not let it dictate the choices that I make now for the future, as you said. So it is this weird kind of all these different timelines, <laughs> kind of intersecting and colliding all at once, but learning how to sit with that discomfort, um, has also been just a, a really interesting experience. Oh, yeah. I mean, that is the journey. I think that, you know, I've had that, that same kind of experience and it's, um, it's like there are layers to it, right? There are levels to it. There are some things that we sort of push out because they're traumatic. There are some things that we push out because uh, I, I like to, I have a, a tech background. So I just think of it sort of in, in tech resource. There's not enough resources and we push something out that's not super important. Um, but no matter what it is, like it comes back and you're like, this is like a vital part of who I am. And now I, I, like, I didn't know it. I didn't, I didn't remember. Um, and like, now what do I do with that? Do, do with that and how do I honor it? while honoring the adult that I am right now. Um, and, you know, working with the Akasha has been one of the tools that's helped me navigate that. Um, Rohini Maradi, who um, has a, a company called Magic Inclined, she had a past life journey through the Akashic Records uh, that I went on. And it 
clarified so much of what I was dealing with. I, like many people, I'm sort of the last in a line who has the opportunity to sort of heal some patterns, to heal some traumas and connecting with my past selves who really aligned themselves with that trauma, um, was really, was really, really helpful. Um, and but like you're saying, it's, it's a lot to navigate. It's never, you know, getting that information is one thing and then knowing what to do with it is a whole other journey. <laughs> That's the part that I think we're all like, huh, now, what now do what? I do? <laughs> Absolutely. I would also like to talk a little bit more just about, uh, looking inward from kind of a wellness perspective. I love mm-hmm. that uh, your platform is the inner well. I think that's just such a beautiful name. I think it's a beautiful concept and sentiment. And I'd love to talk about one, um, how you came to create the inner well. Um, and two, why it's so important that we honor, like why honoring what's for you, both you, Brit, and just the metaphorical you that is each of us, um, why that's so important. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, that's like everything, right? I think that's, um, well, so to go back to the inner well, um, I, I started doing readings for friends and family and sort of for the first time in my life being like out about my, my mystical practices in a way that I hadn't been before. Um, and it was just clear that it was part of my path. And, um, I have really, really been led by spirit since I, I found the Akasha. I woke up one day, uh, and I heard the inner well, this is what you do. Da, da, da. I went, I did the legal stuff. I got the website. That was at, that was on the, actually on the Lionsgate portal on uh, 20, oh God, what is time? 20, 2019, 2020, one of them. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it was just, it was like a internal confirmation for what I had been feeling. It was like, okay, so all this stuff, you are actually really good at it. And it's not just for you that you're good at it. It has a higher purpose. And if you'd like to, this is what you do with it. Um, And so that's where everything started. And I have a lot of friends sort of adjacent to the spiritual wellness space. um, And it just sort of took off from there. Um, And I think I'm trying to think back to like what my first uh, true authority lies within was my first uh, sort of tagline um, because that was like the, the the manifestation of why I was doing this work was not to tell people what to do, uh, even though just as a human in my daily life, I love to tell people what to do. I don't love to do it in a professional sense <laughs> um, and especially not in the spiritual sense because it's really dangerous. I think mm-hmm. that we are where we are now because people have been looking outward and having other people tell them what's good for them, which makes no sense because how can you know? Uh, I don't know about you, but sometimes I don't even know what's good for me. How can somebody else? Um, and so I was really focused on empowering people with the Akasha and with tarot to see the patterns in their life, to sort of take the, the, you know, one, one billion foot view of their life and see what threads they could see, what they wanted to connect, what they wanted to disconnect, um, and how they wanted to move forward with intention and purpose and empowerment. Oh my gosh. I, I just think that's amazing. I, I absolutely agree that, um, and I do this too. I mean, I think we all are very conditioned to just kind of that 
external, I don't even mm-hmm. know if external validation is, is the right word, but like external feedback. And yeah. I think a big part of that could be conditioning and just how a lot of us are raised in kind of that school system. And we're looking for that external grade or that external person or figure to tell us that mm-hmm. we're on the right track. And then we just kind of continue on that way and slowly unlearning that and learning how to look within is like a lifelong process. <laughs> It really is. It really is. I think that that's probably the biggest lesson that I've gotten is that it like reveals over time. Um, a, a, a psychic medium, uh, Caitlin uh, of Spirit Garden Tarot, I remember once they said uh, that their guides had told them that um, people are always asking like, what's my purpose? What's my, what's my purpose? And the guide was like, I can't tell you that because it's over time. It's over your entire life. You're here for a purpose and you'll always be walking in that purpose. So how can I tell you what your lifelong purpose is when you're way back here on, you know, the, you know, the 50 yard line or whatever. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I I've said this on the podcast before, and I will probably die on this hill that I think our purpose is so far beyond like career and jobs. I think our Uh impact, we can, we can absolutely create impact through what we do, but I think that our purpose is not necessarily confined to what we do for work. Um, And that's also been something that's been a really big unlearning for me when I was like 22 in my first cubicle job being like, this isn't my purpose. I'm so unhappy. And it's like, (laughs) it's okay if your cubicle job is not your purpose. (laughs) And it's also okay if it is, if that's how you feel. Um, But that, that dissatisfaction of feeling like where we are can't be right because it's not our purpose um, is just a, a big learning that I've had to get over. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, purpose is, it's a big, it's a biggie. Uh, it comes up, you know, when I do readings, people always, what's the purpose of this? What's the purpose of that? What's the purpose of this relationship or blah, blah, blah. Um, and it's really, it's, it's sort of the same thing that you're talking about, which is that we're looking for the, uh, not even validation, but like the, the external proof that like what we're going through in the present has a reason, right? It's uncomfortable. We don't like it. And if we can focus on purpose, then we can think long-term and maybe get out of that discomfort in the present. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You said that so eloquently and far more succinctly and beautifully. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you for translating. Uh, (laughs) Oh my goodness. So, uh, you know, Britt, what is, um, what is helping you kind of find your balance with where you currently are in this moment? Ooh. Oh yeah. Uh, giving myself permission to be in my body, uh, which has been a big one. Um, being really like comfortable and unapologetic about enjoying the pleasures of being a human being, right? We are having this experience for a reason. We are, we are in these lovely sensitive meat suits for a reason, right? Like eat what you want to eat, right? Go where you want to go, wear what you want to wear, lounge, relax, or move or whatever, how you want to. And that's been a really big thing that I have had to learn how to do is to like be, yeah, you're the spiritual person. Sure, 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 sure. But also you're having a physical experience and you don't have to feel bad about when your humanness pops up. Uh, and that's where I'm learning to find balance. I am being really like indulgent when I want to, uh, 
and I work hard. I, I deserve to be able to do that and to do it without uh, shame or embarrassment. Oh, yes. Just capital Y. Yes. Just <laughs> The pleasure, the enjoyment, enjoying the human experience while you're having it, I think is something we can all be reminded to do. Um, so I really, really appreciate uh, you sharing that. <laughs> so what are some of the practices that are currently feeling good for you when you are really in your kind of pleasure enjoyment um, flow? Ooh, uh, dancing. I've always been like really sort of self-conscious about my dancing because your girl got no rhythm. Uh, and it's been like a whole thing. <laughs> so like learning to enjoy just like moving and moving without uh, expectation or judgment of what it should look like um, is really, really crucial. Um, and then also like I enjoy art. I enjoy like the, the, the sensuousness of it, uh, and of any medium, right. Music of, you know, painting, film, TV, um, and really letting myself get back to that love has been so important because it's such a crucial part of who I am. And I started to confuse my, like, you know, Netflix binge watching for enjoying art and they're two totally different things. Um, so I've been learning to separate that uh, and enjoy the things that call to me. Um, Cause I, I always feel like, like there's some divine message in like the music and the movies that we connect with, you know, like you go back to songs that like you were drawn to and you sort of see the story of your life in them. Um, and I don't know if this is weird to talk about, but, uh, sex magic has been like a big thing for me, literally my, like for like a very long time, uh, I was doing orgasm magic without realizing it. And I, but then I realized it, uh, because I got a job, um, a job interview and I done this whole ritual. Um, and I said a very specific dollar amount that they would give me and they gave me that specific dollar amount. And I was like, okay. And it was like the next day. And I was like, okay, so <laughs> amazing. I, like, right. And I was like, okay, so this is something to lean into. And then even in the Akasha, they were like, uh, that's something for you to lean into. Um, and so I've been leaning into my womanhood and my, uh, my sacral and, uh, my root chakras and being really curious about what I can create and what I can feel when I just sort of be with them. Mm. Oh, not weird at all. I absolutely love that. I'm like, now I just want a whole nother podcast episode just to like, <laughs> just yeah. to dive more into that. Um, actually love that you just brought up the, the root and the sacral chakras. I, at the end of, of 2021, um, did my yoga teacher training and, and learned a lot about the chakra system, yeah. um, and realized how much just kind of work and healing my sacral chakra really needed. And so, yeah. um, just hearing you describe that, I'm like, that sounds amazing. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think a lot of women in general are sort of coming to this and realizing that there's a lot of healing that needs to be done there because there's a lot of our power that comes from those lower chakras uh, and that we need to connect with them so that we can be the most badass empowered versions of ourselves. Absolutely. So much power in that. Yes. So Britt, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I yeah. learned so much. I loved talking to you. I'm so excited to do your meditations because you also just have the loveliest voice that I'm like <laughs> meditating with you is going to be amazing. 
<laughs> um, can you please let our audience know how they can keep in touch with you and how they can work with you? Yeah. Um, so you can get me on TikTok and on Instagram at the inner well and at sword and stone, uh, sword dot and dot stone. Uh, I have a development studio, which specifically channels my magic as a tech, witch uh, and a spiritualist to help people, uh, amplify their brands and to build custom technology for their audiences. Um, and I will be opening my books soon for uh akashic record sessions really my sessions are quite holistic so they include symbology personal mythology and akashic channeling and you can get information on that at the innerwell.co amazing we will have all of that information linked in the show notes thank you so much for joining me today i had so much fun in this conversation and love learning from you Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. I want to extend a huge thanks to our amazing guest, Brit Starr of The Inner Well. Getting to talk about topics that I'm not well-versed in and that allow me to really be a student are some of my favorite conversations to have on here, and I'm really grateful to Brit for sharing her insights with us. Head to the show notes to learn more about Brit's offerings and The Inner Well. Also want to send a huge thanks to our sponsors who truly make this show possible and who support our team here at Balanced Black Girl. All sponsor information and discount codes are available in the show notes. And most importantly, I want to thank you for listening today. Next week, we're really diving into the inner magic of the series with a heartfelt conversation on self-acceptance with Jessamine Stanley. Make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss it. In the meantime, let's keep in touch on the socials, on Instagram. I'm at Balance Less. The show is at Balance Black Girl Podcast. And y'all, I've actually been out here in these TikTok streets and have had the pleasure of connecting with so many of you on there. So if you want to stay in touch there, I'm at Balance Less on TikTok. Let's be friends there if we aren't already. See you next week. <laughs>